Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Sat in Seville, in the old town, there are groups of Manchester United fans singing. It's to you, Vincent Company. Have you ever won the treble? And as somebody just pointed out to me, we're talking a few days after Wigan knocked Manchester City out of the FA Cup here. Manchester United can still win the treble this year, and Manchester City can't. United can still win the the Champions League, can still win the FA Cup, and can still win the the Premier League. City cannot win it. The chances of it happening are. As close to zero as I think we can get. And with Dave Pennington, Dave's the vice chair from Must. It's a long established um, supporter organisation which Manchester United fans will be very familiar with. Uh, they've been around for a long time, they've had their ups and the downs, they're doing a lot of good work at the moment. And I spoke to quite a few fans and asked them, told them I was speaking to David and asked them to put some questions to him. Uh, so that they can help improve their organisation, for the organisation to become more relevant to, to match-going fans, if that's what they want. Uh, David, thank you for joining us. Cheers, mate. We spoke in, um, in Lisbon. I know that you've, you've travelled to matches for a long time, haven't you? What's yeah, the first United game you saw? First United game I saw um, was... Oh, I can't remember. Um, it was one when I was at Union. That was back in the 80s. Yeah. And you, you, you get into a lot of games now? Yep, yep. Uh, we've only had season tickets for about the last 12 years, but yeah. for the last 10 years we've been doing uh, uh, a lot of the aways and the European aways and uh, having a great time. And, uh, yeah. What is your greatest moment as a United fan, David? Um, as a very young United fan, I saw them win the European Cup in 1968. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen them win a European Cup. I saw them lose in Rome. Yeah. Um, I think the horrible night, Rome. Horrible, horrible night. night. I think the greatest experience. It still annoys me that night. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I could. Well, there's a story for another time where we actually didn't get into the game till half time. But uh, um, my best experience actually watching a match was actually the semi-final performance game uh, at Old Trafford against Barcelona. The atmosphere was just absolutely tremendous. You didn't get in the match at half time in Rome. There's a lad I know who didn't get into the game because he went on the beer on the way to Rome, slept in, decided to drive to Rome from that Rome suburb of northern Germany didn't come close to making it and then had the cheek to be on this podcast at Huddersfield giving advice to Manchester United players on how to play football this suggestion and I know he listens to this was that they harry the opposition more Manchester United players should have turned around to him and said just get to the game first of all before giving us any, any ad- advice on it yeah. so I want to talk about about must yeah. I've got some questions um, from different people what do you think must has done which makes you most proud um, of doing to help Manchester United supporters I think it's, I think it's a series of things it's, 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 the, it's the achievements that we've had over the last three to four years 
uh, in terms of outcomes for supporters. Give me one case. Uh, give me one case. Um, we were instrumental in getting the club to start watering down the automatic cup scheme so that League Cup um, you didn't you could opt out uh, and then you wait for League you got reduced prices. If it hadn't been for that consistent pressure, they would have continued to increase prices and also I think the ticket freeze. Uh, and that was the start of it and it and it started really I guess with the with the change of regime at the top. Um, I think must So this is Ed Woodward coming in yeah, and re yeah, and re establishing communication between fan groups like Imusa and Must and yeah. Manchester United. Yeah. Because and I'll just explain this for people who don't know, David Gill cut that communication he did. after the Glazer takeover yeah. because he felt the fan groups and fanzines were being too critical. Which is probably not surprising since he uh, the road to Debt is the road to ruin. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly he got a lot of lot of personal stick. Um, and yeah, he pulled the plug. Must and Musa were on the, what was at the time, the sort of um, uh, early days of fans forum. Uh, and he just sort of cut his loss and said, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Now that continued throughout his time. Now, we don't know whether um, when uh, Ed and Richard came in, that the, um, the re-engagement was their decision or a, a steer or whatever, but we take advantage of it. Um, and we very much focused in the last three years and more on, on match going issues. So you know, we've done a lot with him on, on, on uh, ticket prices. Um, we've worked to try and improve the way ticket balance etc now we're not going to please everybody on that because everyone's got a different view um, you know we've got even little things like you know the club paying for visas to people going to Moscow and that never happened and that before. comes because you communicate the idea to them we can, you yeah, suggest the absolutely. idea to them and then some of it is behind the scenes you communicate the idea to them they see it as a win for, for the club because they're improving relations and, and then, we, we see it as a win for supporters so it's you know um, you know, I think our view now is that while they're there, and, and I guess I'm in the owners on that, then let's get the best deal we can for fans. We still want ultimately to have more of a say in the running of the club. Uh, you know, that was what must was set up for. But there was a big opportunity to influence things, and obviously, most recently, we, we've put a real focus in the last couple of weeks um, with proposals on stadium redevelopment. Now that came from us. Listen to what a lot of supporters want. I mean, not just our members, as you know, people might sort of argue against us. Um, How many so members do you have? How many members do we have? Um, it's about about four thousand paid uh, up. Paid up. Okay. But what we've got, obviously, is a lot of other members who are you know, signed up. Uh, you know, who don't contribute anything. They don't contribute anything financially, um, but we still want to seek their views. So when we did it, we did a two years ago. We did a, a full supporter survey. Now we got about five thousand responses to that. There were only half of those were most members. So we, we, everything we do now, we'll put out on social media. We've put out the um, uh, stadium letter, and we we put out a link for feedback. Now since last week, we've had over five hundred responses to that. Um, a lot of whom are, are not even not necessarily even season ticket holders. They aspire to be season ticket holders. Maybe they're not season ticket holders because of all the problems that we're trying to address. So we will reach out. We see our role as supporting every supporter of United, particularly people who are match going. And match going isn't just the people who want to you know, uh, sing and dance and, and say standing, etc. It's all supporters. Um. How much does it currently cost to become a member of Moss for an annual membership? Uh, the and what cost, do you get for that? The full cost is 15 quid. Yeah. Uh, 
what you get for that. Well, I, I guess in because we're obviously we are set up as a as a registered trust, democratic, etc. So they get rights for voting, you know, electing, etc. Um, but actually, above that, they they don't get anything more than anybody else does. What they do, you know, what it represents is that they are committed to the principles of most. Uh, and people are stuck through through that thick and thin. A lot less people than, than when Green and Gold and when the um, when the Red Knights were coming along. Um, but we so got you, that then you had like hundreds of thousands of people joining up. No, we didn't have hundreds. We had tens of thousands. Okay. Um, but before the Glazer takeover, I can remember seeing yeah. an article in the Sunday Times in 2005. It was over. It was north of 200,000 people. Right. Okay. We, in terms of e-members, mm. so 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 when we launched the Green and Gold. We asked people to sign up and support the campaign. Yes, we've actually got over 200,000. So when I said 30,000, that was like people paid up because they thought they were going to buy a share in the club. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But what we're planning to do imminently and within literally within the next few weeks uh, is build on what we've done. We've done a lot over the last two or three years uh, in terms of achievements. Uh, but we haven't really publicised it enough. But why not? Because I hear good things about what you're doing. Yeah. I see that you're very well respected from yeah. rival supporter groups yeah. and yet if you speak to Manchester United fans you'll get positives but you'll also get negatives as well yeah. and yeah. You, you do a lot of good things but you don't tell anybody no, about don't. doing the good we things don't. and that's what we're trying to change I mean uh, you know we, 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 we put out um, a full newsletter in um, I think we actually did it on New Year's Day uh, and all the things that we've done, all that, and the feedback from that was fantastic. So that goes to members who've, who've paid? Um, no, we actually put it on social media okay. as well. And you, you so, give out badges? Oh, yeah, we give out badges. You yeah. didn't say that. When yeah. I say, what did you get for your money? You give out really nice badges. I was, I was trying to sell it something a bit more significant than getting a badge, but yeah, we do give badges as well. But what we've recognised is that actually what we're doing is a lot more now on, on match going issues. And we've never actually actively gone out in the last five years and sought members. So the members are the people who were around 10 years ago and longer um, so they're older um, so what we're about to do is to launch another category membership so we're going to launch what we'll call a match group membership that will only be a fiver the idea with that is to just contribute to our we're a non-profit making organisation you know nobody has, has you know sort of uh, away days and whatever I've paid all my expenses coming out here even though I'm doing a bit of business on the side um, so you know we, we've got a limited number of overheads but we have got those overheads. Uh, so what we're looking for is, is that if, you know, a few thousand people each pay a fiver, that covers it. And, and for that fiver, what would they get? Support if right. things go wrong? Yeah, well, they'll get... They'll get they'll, well, Because people things tend that, to contact you when things go wrong. Yeah, they do. They're not members. They're not. They, they get locked up in Rome. And they, we look after them. Yeah, I know you That's do. we can. And, and surely it should be the other way around. Yeah, should. Yeah, absolutely yeah, I, I'm in the NUJ yeah. as a journalist, and I have to pay to be a member of the NUJ. And if things go wrong, they help me. Yeah. If I just go to them when things yeah. go wrong, they tell me where to go. Yeah. If I wasn't a member. I, I, I guess I guess we felt in the past we're supporters just and we should be what we can for fans. So yeah, somebody will come to us and we say, "Are you a member?" No. Right. We'll sort you out anyway. You might want to look at joining. Now maybe we should do that a bit more. But with the Matsko membership, what we promote much more is that fact we are there to help people in difficulties. Now, okay, if somebody's broken the rules and, and, and beat up a policeman or whatever, etc., we're not going to do that, but we work close with the, the National Football Sports Federation. We will go through them. We can help them get legal representation. So people like Amanda Jacks? People like Amanda Jacks, And yep. she's for the corner of the United fans yep. many, many times yep. and been very effective in doing She time. has, yeah, yeah. And... Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't publicise that, so so we're not going to get them off. Um, but but in the first case, we'll advise them about what you can do. 
Yeah, have you got a case? If you've got a case, then let's 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 put you on somebody. So we will we will make that more more prominent. What we'll also do is more and more regular basis seek their views. So we've now got this initial dialogue going on stage uh, development. Now that's just pushing the surface. We've raised the big ideas, we've raised the challenges, and we've got some fairly positive response. But actually, delivering that in any way is going to be really difficult because we want to get all those things done. So we talked about reclaiming the strip for them. We talked about moving out the the family section, etc. But what we also don't want to do is to piss off supporters who sat in seats and have got to move. So when we, you when you move fans, it is a problem straight away. Isn't of course it? it is. It just is. I mean, I, I saw lads I know this week saying, "I'm in the family stand. I'm quite happy in the family stand." Yeah. I know lads in the executive. I, I've read that as well. Block yeah. in yeah. the Stratford end. Yeah. We've been going to games for four yeah. years. The, the problem it's, is, it's an odd one. It is. It is. It is. And, and when the singing section came on, we were supporting the principle of the singing section, but we had to we had to intervene and stand for the people who'd sat in that quadrant the, you know, as it, as it was at the time in, in, in J&K you know, scoreboard end as it was called um, that didn't want to move and, they were and eventually an accommodation had to move it's, it is a difficult one I think people have got to acknowledge that for the good of the club they might not you know, they've got a right to attend at Old Trafford they've got a right to be in a certain area but not necessarily that seat and the, and the club don't know because they've got a black in it for you after 25 years so we'd like to see people small steps but if we're going to get groups of people singing together they all they need to be able to sit together so i don't see why people can't move along three or four seats so that the club can at the end of the season get 10 seats together and bring a group of people in family sounds a little bit different because you've got to move out of there eventually there's a question about actually how long do you want to stay in a, a fan a, i've never used the family stand um but a family stand that's really geared up for kids when you get to the age of 12, 13, 14, 15, what do you want to do? Do you want to be in that family stand or you want to move elsewhere? Um, so they want to move into the Stretford end or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, we've got a situation in the lower Stretford end where people have been there 20, 30 years. We want that to be a vocal area. You know, if you've been supporting for 40 years and you're in your 70, you probably want to stay in there. Not because you want to sing anymore, because you want to get out of the ground and not go up the steps, etc. And maybe you still want to be part of the atmosphere, but will it help the club more if you can actually be helped and maybe incentivised to, you know, to move somewhere but we don't want it to be compulsory it's a huge issue and the clubs see that that's why they don't want to do things you know, too quickly they've, they've got their fingers burnt on the singing section and on the disabled section of people being forced to move it's got to come from the fans though hasn't it it has and it's got to be a culture I mean, and, and, and credible fans as well yeah know? yeah but there is this mentality and it's worse because we've now got all seats of stadium people think that's my seat people before you know had a ticket in the Stratford End and they went in the Stratford End wherever you know they went where they could because everybody you know, taking the, the spaces up but it's that mentality I know friends in uh, who, who go to Dortmund um, they've got season tickets there they, you know, they, they live in Kent and they go to Dortmund because it's a better better than go to Dillingham um, and they go on the Yellow Wall the Yellow Wall is self-pleased by the Dortmund ultras you know, when you're young and you know, more active you go in the middle as you get older you agree you move out and other people move in I don't think that will ever happen in this country it's, it's so difficult um, but I think that's the, the fans policing is a good idea I stood on the yellow wall two months ago I was very surprised to learn that they're not one happy group that there's several splinter groups in there 
politically they, they're of different persuasions but they do have a unity when it comes to supporting the teams an incredible place to yeah. watch football I think people will be listening to you now and most of them will be agreeing but there will be a lot of people shaking their heads because they, they disagree with you and yeah. this is one problem with United's fan base it is so fractured yeah. there are so many different groups and subgroups and they yeah. all think they are right yeah. and they think that anyone who doesn't share their opinion and I've done a fanzine for nearly yeah. 30 years I've yeah. had a lot of experience in this yeah. is an absolute wanker yeah. how do you as an umbrella organisation bring these people together and to work effectively when there's so many varied opinions I think we've got to accept that we're working for a common interest um, and the problem is I think and it's not just a matter of United's fan groups or even any fan groups or even just, just football you know, everybody wants to be the person who is seen to be the person who is influenced most influenced um, and there's a lot of egos on all sides um, and you need to work together. Let me give you another sort of parallel example to that. I mean, it's part of our role. We also work nationally through the Football Sports Federation. And in that, we work with our fellow supporters trusts. Um, and they are our bitterest rivals. Well, actually, not quite, because City don't have a fans group because the supporters trusts don't need one. Uh, Why don't they need one? I don't know. Um, they've never set one up. They've got they've got a supporters club that is run by the club. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the the eighteen ninety four club, I think, whatever that are sort of like vocal and, and flags and everything else, and they're the ones who go to the games. Um, but they've not got a big. Um, independent, yeah. truly. All independent. the others do. So we work closer. So 20 is plenty. Took, and we, we finished up with 30 quid. Everybody said, No way you'll do it. So all the trusts got together, not just the, um, you know, just United. We united under that single banner, we campaigned together, and ultimately that's what we've got. To safe standing, um, we're all working together on it. It's slow. Spirit of Shankly, who are, you know, they've done great work. They've done a survey of 25,000 people right across Liverpool, right across the spectrum, to demonstrate the support from all levels of, of society. Now, that, more than anything, could probably help ultimately break, break the deadlock. I've, I've worked with Spirit of Shankly on this game. Yeah, we, we knew that they, there was problems. The severe uh, games. The severe because game, yeah. Liverpool fans have problems. Yeah. Leicester have, fans have problems. Yeah, they have massive problems. So we said to the club, look, this is going to be a rehibis thing for us. We're going to be tied with the same brush. Even though we know that most of the guys here have been going for 20 years and they're not going to cause trouble, but they will if they're, active, if they're provoked. So, so the, the ingredients will be too many fans turning up, too drunk, too late, Spanish police overreacting, which has yeah. yeah. happened before on United trips. Of course it is. Yeah, and they'll do that. But you, but you don't even need to give them a real excuse. No. So yeah. we spoke... We They're spoke, very confrontational, yeah. Yeah. the police said. So we got direct feedback, I got direct feedback from Spirit Shankly and from Leicester Foxes. Uh, what, what were the problems that you had? And there were, there were really some, some really serious stuff, really badly organised some serious issues about female uh, searching so we gathered all that information we took it back to the club with their agreement they did the same exercise with them uh, through the at club level as a result they were able to come to Sevilla make the arrangements and agree that certain things were not going to happen so we are not going to be corralled into uh, blocks of the ground that we haven't got tickets for that's what happened at last time round they've set up extra cordons so that so that we could, we'd not get in uh, corrals that close to the ground. So we're with them on that. We've also we're, they, they've now got got shafted by Porto, uh, not quite a hundred euros, but seventy euros. Um, yeah. So we've um, so we're working with them. So I'm now through the FSF trying to get all the English clubs still in Europe 
supporting football supporters Europe so that we all campaign on this issue of, of you know, reduced ticket prices to try and get UEFA to change their regulations. Now, Spurs, Shankly, you know, uh, Spurs, Trust, etc., worst enemies normally. But as, as fellow supporters, we recognise the benefits of working together. If our fan groups can do that, then we're going to we'll do more. Some points that we've got from fans. What is the difference between Musk and Imusa? And a lot of people who listen to this, they won't have any interest in fan politics. Some people will be really into it. What's the situation? Well, I wasn't around at that time. Um, and um, you know, when they so so there was a you know when there, there was the real sort of. Um, what about now then? Right. So now, basically, uh, Imusa for the last three years has not existed. Okay. In 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 name only, it doesn't do anything. Ian Sterling, who was uh, co-chair of Imusa, is has been vice chair of Must. So all of the activity Must used to do match going issues. So Must is now gone. So effectively, United now have one. They have one formally registered democratic organisation. Obviously, yeah, I'm not disputing that. There's other there's other sports groups, etc. So we, we, we brought them together. But as you said, we haven't highlighted the fact that those are the things that we do. So there is no more amusement, and I'm sure we'll get Ian at some point and he can uh, uh, control that. Yeah, I like him. He's a uh, respect Ian and he's been around a long time trying to help Manchester United fans. Some other questions. I respect the work you do, but your website is badly dated. Simple things like that should be sorted out. They don't give off the best impression. Yeah. Absolutely, it's not very good. Um, as part of the relaunch, um, we've we spent the last few months actually completely rebuilding it. Whole new, whole new, new website, whole new back office. And what people probably don't realise that that back office system also supports your uh, online fanzine and Red News. So the whole thing has been. That's why we're unfortunately uh, not quite at KFC levels of catastrophic. But, uh, but the website's crashed, didn't they? They crashed for a few days. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're about to switch off the old website. So the new website, and obviously then we need, you know, we need to make sure we keep things updated. So yeah, that that will be addressed. Do you see yourself as having a significant influence now with Manchester United? Um, yes, if it's around some of the things that the club see as win-wins. You know, the dialogue is on their terms, uh, but it's better to have that dialogue. And they still refer to you as supporter groups. They still. Refer I've not to seen them no. refer to you in name. No, no, and, and we're we're working on that. Okay. Um, you know they uh, yeah because uh, and and what concerns us is that they they will use us as supporter groups. Have we talk to supporter groups? In other words, they agree uh, to sort of back their stance. So they will come to us, and and to be fair, you know they came to us on on this match and said, look, will we? having contributed to the guidance and security. And normally we're pretty reluctant about telling people you better get there early, etc. In this instance, yeah, we've done it. You've seen the tweets and the, and the messages we've put out. Um, so they want to use us as well. So we need to leverage that as, as, as best we can. They also understand that, you know, that we have there to represent sport interests. Um, so, but what we haven't got is, you know, we, we certainly don't have any influence about which players they buy. Um, Sure do people ask you that? Yes, yes, a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, on those responses, you know, they've um, they've they've said, oh, I'd like the South Stand redeveloping. I'd like safe standing. Uh, and could you? Can we have a different style of play under Mourinho? So yeah, there was welcome to my world. <laughs> Are we who we signing? Um, okay. You, the relationship now with the club, you're clearly building up trust again. Yeah. Yeah. You think this is for real, or you think that they're just 
being kissing cousins with you because you know that you can be a fawn inside them? Um, I th- my personal view, and, and others in most might, might disagree, is that it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, but my, again, my view is that if as a result of that we are getting some real outcomes and we're getting cheaper prices and we're getting visas paid for uh, and they will do things in terms of ground configuration that they might not otherwise have done, I'll live with that. I sense Richard Arnold is genuine in his support for fan issues. Yeah. I sense other people there are less interested. Uh, Phil Townsend is a director, director of communications. He's always been very decent to deal with, yeah. with, with the fanzines, with the supporters groups. How do you think that Phil's departure, because he's leaving at the end of the season, yeah. will affect uh, what you do? Yeah. I think you're right about Richard, but bear in mind, Richard you know, is the main man in Old Trafford. Yeah. You know, Ed's, Ed's looking at the, 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 the wider picture, etc. Um, Phil, yeah, would be a huge loss. I first came across him, I was, I was, I won't say elected, I was fortunate enough to be randomly selected to build the fans for six years ago. Um, and he was great, and I actually started some direct dialogues with him outside of those meetings. Do you think the fans forum works? Because I see some of the minutes, and they've got the right people in there in terms of senior people at the club, and they'll get bogged down about the price of pies in a concession, yeah. which is important, but it's not that important yeah. when, there's, when there are bigger issues there. I'll, I'll come back to the sec, but just, just to answer the Phil Townsend thing, uh, big loss to us, but I personally think him going to UEFA could be really positive because there are some issues that we want to tackle with UEFA as supporters groups and as, you know, across Europe, like... Um, safe standing you know Platini brought in brought in compulsory seating you know maybe we can look at that like exactly the issue we're talking about now in terms of ticket prices Phil understands supporters and support your interests and if anybody can have an influence then then that's good so I think that's a good thing so fans forum yeah it was quite an experience because I had no idea what I was letting myself in for um, I, I think we came very quickly in Maverick because I went to the first meeting and we had some general discussions about things and they, they did a, you know, a, a bit of a presentation about health and safety that was just really exciting um, and that was it so the next week was in two months time so I then sort of went out and I, I contacted um, uh, Dale and various other sort of individuals you know, that I'd sort of seen on the various forums and said what do you think we should be talking about? And it was, it, for them, it was like a better fresh air. So I instigated, and was a result of that. So Dale does a Red Away section on the United We Stand Forum, which gives ticket and travel advice yeah. and tells you about the times of trains from Inverness to Plymouth, if you should ever need information like that. <laughs> yeah, for a train that went yesterday. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so we started, at my instigation, a, a, a review of the um, away ticket policy. It's probably still going on now, but, I mean, it was, you know... And they did that because we asked them, and, and you know, we'd never set up a sort of a subgroup before. But, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, the guy next to me was the the 65-year-old or plus... He was the OEP rep, uh, and he found it a fantastic honour to be on this forum, and he regaled us all in the meeting with stories about how we'd met Duncan Edwards and he was the best player. But that, that's, that's a waste of time, though, surely. Yeah, it was. And, he, but, and he also wanted, wanted um, you know, diabetic food, I said. It is, yeah. and that was the problem. Uh, you only got so much done. Because um, we get letters to United We Stand which start with, before I start, I've been a fan since. Yeah. And then they give you the life history, and then they get yeah. to the point, yeah. you know, yeah. why aren't we signing Messi? Yeah. And, and 
I think if you're in that fans forum and you have senior people at the club there, with respect to the stories from the 65-year-old man, yeah. it's just wasting time. No, it is. It is. And 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 you know that. But that's the way they chaired the meeting. They wanted to carry. I mean, we were specifically not giving a mandate on players. I do remember one of the other uh, delegates haranguing David Gill outside of the sort of formal bit about you really got to keep this Paul Pogba on the books. Now, this is back really? in 2011. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and David said. We're working on it, but I've nothing to do. You know, I can't say anything about it. But anyway, obviously, you didn't work on it hard enough because it didn't work. Um, so it's it's limited. It's not elected, um, but which is why I think our dialogue with the club is much more influential. Yeah. And we've now got in the you know, in last year, we now have a, a place back on the forum. So Ian Sterling goes along to that, and we get that side of it. But we do the rest of it. You know, any negotiation diplomacy. The sound in the background is two horses and carts going past, looking to solicit business from Manchester United fans and, and not getting any. I think if there was a, a beer dispenser on board the horse and carts, you might get a, a, a bit more business. <laughs> or somewhere to put your broken yeah. toe into. With I mean, ice. Bear in mind, the fans for, for serves a purpose. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Premier League rule requirement that they have one. Yeah. Everybody does it. Some are worse than ours. Um, you know, some are some are hand selected, which is worse. I was a random, I believe. You know, so if you're a season ticket holder, you know, and you put yourself in, then three names are drawn out. I don't know whether you know, I've no reason to to have any proof that people are deselected, etc. But in others, they are actually hand picked, and they're hand picked for obvious reasons. Uh, I mean, I was just they don't, they don't want dissent in voices. No, I was just talking to a man before, and you know, that's exactly what they've done at West Ham. Yeah. Right. You know, they have their own supporters forum, yeah, and they're hand picked. Yeah, so uh, I met West Ham's main press guy in November and was struck by what an impressive and switched on young man he was, yeah, and was surprised that he'd been let go only two months after that. Did he understand football supporters? I think he did understand football fans, and that's probably why Karen Brady felt yeah. threatened and, yeah. and let him go. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, 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 that was definitely. Yeah, um, I think there are other things, under, uh, not to go into detail here, but there are things underfoot at, uh, at West Ham to try and um, improve um, by supporters to try and get things changed. And then another issue with Seat United is, I call them three-year heroes. They come along, they join the club, they're everywhere for three, four, five years, they get Manchester United on the CV, and then they move on to a better-paid job elsewhere. And so you establish a relationship and trust with people, and maybe this is just, just normal business. Right, Kevin, right, David. And, and, um, and like, I remember Jonathan, the marketing guy, a couple of years yeah. ago, he seemed very fan-friendly, he seemed pretty engaged, and then he moves on. Carl Evans at the ticket office, yeah. firmly behind the idea of the singing section, and then he moves on. And you almost think, have to I start again. Moved on, actually, yeah. Yeah, 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 well, for whatever the reasons, yeah, yeah. it's still a frustration. Yeah. When, when you've got the trust of these people no, you absolutely. start again yeah. often with people who don't understand fan no. culture I suppose we could, argue, we could argue the same about Phil I suppose he's been there 10 years or more 14 yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a problem the problem is they all see it and it is a business and they'll bring the right people in I mean you know, the, the, the operations manager at the club now um, was uh, hijacked from City knows his stuff etc um, Carl was great Carl was frustrating in a lot of ways because he wouldn't want to change anything um, you know, particularly around you know, tickets and ballots and things uh, but he knew supporters because um, he was a supporter he was a supporter he was a match yeah. going red he went to Absolutely. away games yeah as he was 
Yeah, and I think I said to you, I mean, mine's, I know at the time Phil told me that he still kept his season ticket. Yeah. And I imagine he's still got it now. Yeah, he has. He has. It was a safety just in case he got the boot, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm not sure how he ties that in with being in charge of Berry Football Club as well, because <laughs> they often play on a Saturday, but then I suppose you rarely do play on a Saturday. So we can do it. So you would like more United fans to join Mush. You're going to look at this idea of a £5 a year membership yeah. where you back match going Manchester United supporters that yeah. is one of the main things you're looking well, to we're do not just looking to, we, you know, you're going to do it, it. it is almost ready to, to as well the as the atmosphere stuff Absolutely. as well as the ticket yeah. pricing yeah. specifically for European away games yeah. hoping to follow the success yeah, of because, that domestically because what you mentioned about the, the stadium development and the, and the ticket etc is the sort of things that as an organisation we represent supporters of we want to keep getting their views in we want to keep representing we also want to provide them with, with a bit more help as well um, we could do a little bit more about match day and match day information. Uh, we started running and we'll continue running where we can. Uh, screens of away matches. Um, in Manchester? Uh, yeah. 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 So you, did, you didn't say that? That's another thing. In Italy in Manchester, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we ran two. We ran it for the Liverpool match and we had uh, Norman Whiteside. We ran it for the Chelsea match. Not particularly good matches or results in either instance, but uh, but you, there's only so many you can do. Uh, the other thing that we're involved in, but it's not a must event, but I'll trail it, um, is a 68 celebration dinner on the last weekend of the season. So we, we're doing that with uh, no prawn sandwiches. People have seen it; they might not realise that's actually Alex Stepney's son that's running it. So that'll be a big event. I hope people listening to this like flamenco-inspired guitar music. I know that Steve Armstrong is a big fan of flamenco music. You go home and away with Manchester United. You pay your way as a fan. You've been listening to this conversation. How do you view Must and what you think they need to be doing? What's been really interesting in the last two or three months through other things I've been doing in my life is, is how Must are viewed outside of United. Um, I've had engagement with supporters trusts from God knows how many clubs. Uh, I won't name them, but um, you meet them and you think, you know, you can, you, you're absolutely rudderless. You've got no goals. You've got no real objectives. You, you know, you don't have a purpose. So you look at that and you think, well, if you haven't got a purpose, what's the point of existing? And that's exactly what a lot of them did. They just exist. They don't actually achieve anything. What's been really, really interesting, um, I, I class myself as a fan who never, I like Must, I respect Must, I respect all the guys, never needed them, um, so, but I respect the fact that there are people out there who rely on the supporters, trust, etc, etc. What's been really intriguing for me over the last three, four months is the high regard that Must is held in outside of Manchester United fans as in and I think Must's must reputation outside of United fans is probably even higher than it is within and that's been really interesting um, listening to leaders of trust from other clubs talking about how they aspire to be like Must how they really regard uh, the Manchester United supporters just how they value the opinion of people who are involved with it etc so that's been a real eye-opener um, I think from our point of view um, if I look at it from a purely supporter point of view, I'm sitting there thinking, you do so many good things, but you don't shout about it. So why not? Why don't you start shouting about that? And I, I used to work for a company who did, who took two decades to start shouting about the things it did well. Was quite happy to get twatted into a corner because of paranoia about talking about the things for fit for for reasons you know for fear of being seen as 
being bragging or gloating or whatever you know but you should talk about the things that you do well and you should be able to champion successes that you've had in any organisation whether it be football life business or whatever so I think most have got to do more of that um, you know good people involved ultimately they're all governed by the same thing they all want to achieve the same thing which is to create a better match day experience for Manchester United fans so we're all on the same page but I think if you link it back to something I said in the last mag about the problem with United support in a minute and, and it won't admit it but it's gone so scouse it's untrue in the sense of it's now almost being undone by the fractions within it and if you try and do good things you're just going to get slaughtered by somebody who's got a problem with that either because A they don't agree with your point which is fine but or they just don't like the fact that you're actually out there with a profile in the public eye within the Manchester United fans community and they just don't like that so you're going to get absolutely panned from it and you've got to think about the psychology and the mentality of people at most like you know Duncan Ian Dave or whoever you know at some point it must be draining for them to no matter what they try and do to do the right thing they're getting fucking panned by people some of it might be with a legitimate point that I'm sure if they actually went and sat down with them and said look you know we don't like this we think you should do this or have you considered that I'm sure they'd be absolutely open to that but instead they're getting twatted on social media they're getting panned in the you know by various other things and the other thing that you've got there then is that just creates levels of resentment and what's undone Liverpool support and as you know I know a lot of people in that part of the part of town as well you know they're arguing and scratching each other's eyes out and whinging and bittering against each other that's what's undone their supporter movement and what you've got now at United is exactly the same and thing. And City happening. had it as well, they yeah. had no unity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the problem that you know most are gonna have is that I think most have got to step up and start talking about the things they do well first and foremost. I think they've got to start focusing on things that they can influence. I mean, with the greatest of respect, the Glazer ownership, look, you can't compete against business, you can't compete against money. Don't waste your time. You know, concentrate on the fans, concentrate on the supporter experience, concentrate on giving supporters a voice at a club where ultimately, because I think that's, the, that's, the, that's another important thing. What Manchester United fans want more than anything else is somebody listening to the things that matter to us. And that's what must have got to do. So, what must I think have got to do a great job of is encouraging fans. Inspiring fans and, to, and, encourage, and and letting fans know that listen, your points, the things that matter to you, are getting heard at the top table, and that's the important part of what any supporter trust is all about. Because if you don't, if you're not getting it, it's like an MP. If an MP's one thing that you know, Musk will always tell you about. We're match going fans. We're here. We're there. We're everywhere. Fine. But you get some MPs who are all you know forever in the constituency, forever busy in the locality from where they represent, and that's good. But if they're not in Parliament to represent that, what's the fucking point? But then you get the other MPs, and this I see this with so many trusts, they're never in the constituency in the football world. They're just mincing around at dues and events, mincing around at football authority dues. They achieve nothing. They're just so, so, so keen on being seen at bigger, big events and not actually achieving anything. So they're the typical MP who is never near the constituency to draw in Parliament. And that's what football trusts have got to do. How do you get the right amount of time between your Parliament time, your constituency time, same with football? How do you get enough time to represent your fans, be around fans, 
and then be in a position where you can represent that at the levels where it's going to get heard and where the difference is going to make must ultimately whether we agree with this like this or not that the most highly regarded football trust out there is run by people who are most highly regarded highly rated in amongst other football supporting trust and we're lucky to have that what I think must have got to do then is channel the great position they're in into doing the right things in the right areas where they can, where they can influence the right people Thank you, Steve. Thank you, David. Thank yeah. you for, Do you for your time. Well, quickly, because yeah. we're out of time. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely a lot. I mean, I wasn't around in the, the early days. Um, Their the, the support or um, antagonism has worked absolutely against us. A lot of it is personal. Um, you know, but as far as the as clubs are concerned, it's just divide and rule. We, you're right, absolutely. We've got to get together. We can get that message across. Well, I hear that message. Um, we, you know, we, we'll do something about it. Thank you both for your, for your time and feel free to enjoy the rest of your day in Seville and hopefully Manchester United will get the right result. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet. We all follow United.